You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning, everybody. It's really good to see you. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's a, a there was there could have been a better worship set um, pick to begin this year, and and I'm just uh, in in the spirit of thankfulness and gratitude. I just I really want to thank the worship team, their faithful service, Steve, Jay, all the things that go on behind the scenes that they do to make every Sunday uh, really enjoyable, and not just Sundays, but make Wednesdays easy for me to come in and and record the sermons and all this stuff. So just. Uh, the worship team, the, the music and audio and visual team, uh, just so, so grateful for them. It, it was not too long ago where we didn't have any of that. My first Sunday here. How many of you have had your first Sunday here? Your first Sunday back here was last year. Raise your hand. Last year was your first Sunday back. You've been here before, but first Sunday back in sundown at Sundown Church. This is super cool. Okay, I'm going to break it down. We're going to start slower. Okay. Little chunks at a time. No, okay. There, there were, I'm not even going to give you the option. I'm just going to explain to you what happened in your own story. Okay. Um, there were, we, had, we had several people who came to Sundown Church in 2023. New faces in the eight years that I've been here, new faces. Does that make, does that clarify where we were going with that? Okay. And so, but anyways, all that to say, you came in and you're just spoiled. Okay. You're spoiled. You don't know you're spoiled. There's sound treatment. There's nice equipment. There's a really talented people up here. My first Sunday here, Jay was scared of me. So he went to Africa um, and, and we listened to a recording on a CD player and no one up here and we just sang to it. And if you didn't know it, you just kind of tried to act like you were participating and trying to avoid the awkward tension that was filling the room. So all that to say, I'm telling you, this team has come a long way. All right? There was a lot of wood up here, too. You remember that? There was a lot of wood, a lot of dividers, a lot of things for me to hit my knees on. And we've got the stage renovation. and the. I was just thinking about this. as We were, we were in the sanctuary yesterday, and I was just looking at this place because we, we had, uh, I had an opportunity to go to uh, Janet's memorial service, and we were in an old Baptist church with the thick carpet and the thick pews. And if anyone adjusted or scratched their nose, they creaked, and everyone knew that they were moving, and they looked at them like, are you paying attention? Okay. Um, so like a traditional Baptist church, that's what this used to look like in the not-so-far-away past. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember those blue pews? Oh, yeah. Woo! Man, those were powerful uh, and heavy. Uh, but I'm just, I'm all that to say, I am so grateful for how this church has grown and evolved and just been totally and completely blessed, like profoundly and miraculously blessed. We should not have what we have in Sundown, Texas. Like it just doesn't make any logical sense. I know of churches in big cities and I'm like, we're running a better sound system than y'all. Uh, I didn't know what we were doing. Steve did all that. I just bought the stuff. Um, but I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for this house. I'm so grateful for what we have, what we've been given, that we have this worship team of people that faithfully come up here. And they don't just, 
they don't just turn on the worship stuff on Sunday mornings, but they live a life of worship unto the Lord. And then we get to just experience the overflow of that. And I'm, I'm speaking as a recipient of, of what they bring. I, I, I play the drums, but I'm getting to just dwell in the overflow of what these people pursue in their daily lives. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that we have a church with people that pursue the Lord and then lead us into the things of the Spirit. All that to say, 2024, I'm looking at, at 2024, and I'm just overwhelmed by how blessed we are. And I just... I've made a decision for myself, and this is going to be hard. The enemy's going to do everything he can to derail this. But that first song, I don't have much, but I have a heart that beats for you. I want, when I, when I look back at the end of December of 2024, I want to look back and know that of everything that happened, what was unwavering was that my heart beat for him, period. And that he had all that I was and all that I had to give. Everything in me was his and completely his. That's personal goals for me. Um, and I'm so grateful that this is the place that we get to do these things. We get to pursue the Lord in such a way that we are in sundown Texas for such a time as this. Uh, I'm just, I refuse to be anything but grateful and anything but thankful. You hear what I'm saying? This, this community desperately needs a people that are unwavering when it comes to gratitude. Because gratitude, again, gratitude will always lead to hope. It will sow seeds of hope. Just like rejoicing will sow a seed of joy, gratitude sows seeds of hope. And we desperately need hope. This world, I, I, I look at the news, not hopeful. I look at what's going on in local communities and in small towns, not great. There's just a lot of rough stuff in our world right now. A lot of very difficult things, a lot of very heavy things. And the Lord has asked us to be grateful. The Lord has asked us to step into a place of gratitude and be unwavering in that because only in that place can there be hope for tomorrow. You hear what I'm saying? So I'm really excited about that. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. Um, but I just wanted us to not move too quickly past that. Um, we have this question that we're going to be answering over the next several months, and it's going to take several months uh, to do this. It may take all year. I have no idea. I, I as I began to look at what it means to answer who is Sundown Church, what are our foundational and core beliefs and teachings, all of this through Revelation, all of this scriptural, uh, none of this is rooted in any person. This is all found within scripture and revealed to the leaders of this church by the Holy Spirit uh, through the power of Revelation. And I, for a long time, have been a participant of these teachings. So many of you uh, are, have been participants and have been able to sit and just soak in the wisdom and the truth and the revelation that the Lord has brought to this house, especially in the last 12 years. But as I was thinking, or 15 years, sorry. Yeah, 15 years, yeah. Um, but just through Randy's teaching and his wisdom and his leadership and his revelation and just being open to the Holy Spirit, but not just his, so many that came before this church. I love this. I wish it just wasn't right there where it's so easy to miss, but it was a convenient solution to block a window. But there's a plaque out there in July 26, 1930. This church came to be. 94 years in the making. This church has existed in Sundown, Texas. That's amazing. That is profound. That is wonderful. Uh, what is so important for us to remember is that we are standing upon the shoulders 
of so many faithful servants of God that came before us, walked in obedience, spoke what the Lord gave them to speak, and established the kingdom of heaven that one day we would get to step into and inherit. And so I'm so grateful for the people that have come before. Uh, I was having a conversation with Randy actually um, just the other day, and he was talking about a, a pastor's funeral, uh, a former pastor of Sundown Church. And like, oh man, I feel really, really bad that I was at it, not at his service. I didn't even know. I didn't, I've never heard of this man. He's like, well, he was pastor 45 years ago. I'm like, oh. He's like, I realized I'm, the, I'm one of the few people from sundown that still know him or knew him, um, that are still here. And, and uh, so it just profound, the amount of people that have come before us and have, have lived near us but have done profound and amazing things. And I am a recipient of that. I, I, my life drastically changed and was transformed by Sundown Church before I knew Sundown, Texas existed. Because the Lord revealed truth here and there was a faithful servant that would speak that truth and then there were people out there where you're sitting now that would receive that truth, would receive it, would say yes to it, would step into it fully and then later, years later down the road, the Lord would place them in my path across the state. On the other side of the state, the Lord would place them in my path and they would begin to teach these things to me that they learned in this house. And it changed my life. Before I knew Sundown, Texas, before I knew of Sundown Church, and before I knew that the Lord had a calling on my life to lead me here, my life was transformed by what the Lord has revealed to this house. That's profound. And since I've been here, I have not stopped. Uh, the amazement has not ceased in me when I continually hear stories of people from all over the world that have been impacted by what the Lord has released in this house to this people of Sundown, Texas. It is profound, the reaches of this community, the reaches of this house, all the places that you have roots, all the places that you have established the freedom and goodness of God, places that you've never been and you'll never be to, or you'll never go to. There we go. You'll never, you'll never be at or go to, right? Okay. I haven't talked in two weeks, except to kids. So my grammar is... We're working on it. I've got to get back up to adult conversations. Um, but there are places that I've been that I'll probably never go again, but the name of Sundown Church is, is stamped and rooted in those places forever. It's profound. What the Lord has revealed to this house, what He has done over, the, uh, over many, many, many generations, uh, because people sought the Lord in this place. And so... What I want to do in this is I want, us to, I want us to begin to look back on these things and on these teachings, these fundamental, these foundational teachings that every sermon you've ever heard from me is built upon these teachings that we're going to go through over the next several months. And I'm really excited about it. And as I was praying, I've had conversations with Jay and different people. Uh, I was praying, okay, I'm just getting overwhelmed at all the history and all the revelation and all the teaching. Just in the short time that I've been here, I've, I was just overwhelmed by the amount of truth and revelation that is life-changing and world-altering. And so my question was, okay, where do we start? Where do we start? And I thought I had an idea of where we started, and then that really became very clearly way too big to be a launching pad. Uh, it was just too much to start in this one place, and so I began to just ask the Lord again, Okay, Lord, what, 
what is it that you would have us begin this series with? What is, the, what is the teaching? What is the truth that we know that we need to start? What is the launching pad for 2024 that is going to lead us into the rest of these teachings? What does he have for us? And of course, as he always does, he, he, he answered. And so uh, in getting to that answer, if you'll turn with me to Psalm 139, that's where we're going to start this morning. But as his answer came, uh, my prayer quickly changed. Uh, it became less about simply what to teach and in what order to teach it, um, and more about if we could grab a hold of one thing, if we could grab a hold of one truth, this series that we're starting, if we could grab a hold of one thing, Lord, what would it be that is going to, to allow us to step fully into the rest of the teaching that you have for us this year? What is the one thing, where, where is the place that we need to start, that we need to grab a hold of this truth before we get into anything else in this new year. And, and this is what he spoke. And this is a core belief of this church rooted in scripture. And we stand on this truth and we operate uh, from victory of this truth. And that truth is, it is that you are fully known and you are fully loved by God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are fully known and fully loved. And I've been sitting with that for, for a week, sitting on that thought of what it is to be fully known. Think about those two words for a second, fully known. It, this is a truth and a reminder that floored me and it, be, uh, it allowed me to begin thinking of what it means again to be fully known. There is not a person alive on this earth that has ever fully known another person. I've got thoughts going in my head right now. There's not a one of you that knows them. My wife knows me better than any person on this earth. She's, she's got like 98% of me known. But there is always a part of a person that cannot ever fully be known because there's just things that exist in our minds and it's so much of our thoughts and things that we do uh, and, and, and conversations that we have in our own heads that no one is no one is ever going to hear. No one is ever going to know. No one's ever going to see things that we do, mistakes that we make behind closed doors where no one can see and no one will ever find out about. But God fully knows all of these things. Think of every little thing that you've concealed about your person. Think of right now the one thing that you fear if they knew I thought this or if I ever said this or I ever did this. They would judge me heavily. Think of, I, I know these things in my mind. I have a past. I was not always a Christian. I was not a good person either. I was, I was, a, I was a horrible person. I was mean to people. I took advantage of people. I did everything and anything I could to build, put people down to elevate myself in every way, shape, form, and fashion for so much of my life until the Lord got a hold of me. And there are so many of those things and so many people that I hurt that you'll never know about my wife doesn't even know about it because it's just my past. It's not like I'm, you know, one time when I was five, I pushed this kid off the swing because I wanted to swing. And then the next day I did, the, you know, I'm not, we're not going through all that stuff. But um, there are so many things about my life that will never be fully known by any person alive on this earth. But Jesus, rich in mercy and rich in love, knowing those things before I drew my first breath, he knew the things that I would do. 
against him and against his kingdom. Because there's only two camps, and this is the other important thing that I've been thinking about. There, there is no in-between. There's no, uh, oh, I'm kind of good and I kind of do bad stuff sometimes. No, no, that's not it. You're either in the camp of the enemy or you're in the camp of the kingdom, period. There is no vice versa. There's no riding the fence. You don't get to dip your toes in both sides. And so much of my life, I lived in the camp that was absolutely opposed to the goodness of God. If you had asked me, are you opposed to the goodness of God? I wouldn't have said yes. Of course I'm not. But the way I lived my life, it reflected the opposite. The things I thought and the things that I did reflected the opposite. I love Psalm 139, uh, just this first part, because it illustrates what it is to be fully known. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit up, or you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high and I cannot attain it. There is no one again on this earth that knows you that well that knows every thought that you've ever had, every dream, every ambition, every wonderful moment, and every tragic moment. There is no one. And it is impossible to know that much about a person. No one is transcribing their thoughts as they come. Not everyone shares the deepest parts of their heart, but he knows them fully. He knows all of them. I remember, and this is, this is something that I, I never told anybody until much later in life, when the Lord brought it to existence. But I remember in Oklahoma, Texas, I was sitting in a, in a deer blind with my grandfather. It, Oklahoma, Texas. Okay, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you. <laughs> Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, I don't know. All right. This is a place. you just never been there. It's cool kids only. Okay. Uh, no. Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're on our ranch. I'm in a deer blind um, with my grandfather. And it's the old school deer blinds because this is the 90s, and it's just four sheets of plywood and some cutouts, and you're just cold and miserable and bored. And I'm eight, and I'm cold and I'm miserable and I'm bored. And it was MDF plywood, and I, I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is embarrassing. I would take pieces off of it, and I'd have little sword fights in my hands, and whatever piece remained was the winner, and then he took on another person. And that's what I would do while my grandfather snored and scared all the deer away. Um, so that's what I would do. But I remember sitting in there and I remember looking out as an eight-year-old, as a little boy. And I remember looking out on this land and I just remember asking the Lord, like, will you give me this someday? I was just a kid. Just a kid. No one knew. I didn't, go, I didn't tell my grandfather that I prayed for that. I didn't go home and tell my parents that I prayed for that. I didn't pray for it continuously, but it was a dream planted in the seed of my heart. Right then and there, the seed planted in my heart and as an eight-year-old and then as a 30-year-old, I got to see it come to fruition. And the Lord just blessed me. And as this was happening and as this started to become possible, the Lord reminded me, do you remember this prayer? That's what it is to be fully known. He was there for every moment. And He stored in his own heart, the things that I had forgotten I asked him for. 
But he would, in his goodness and in his kindness and in his love, he would bring those back into my story someday. Long after, long after I had forgotten these things, he would bring them back to me and say, do you remember this? Because I do. And I've given it to you. That is what it is to be fully known. Not everybody shares the deepest parts of their heart, but when, when the deep parts of your heart that are seen by him... He stores these things, he remembers these things, and he works for your good to establish these things in your story. Matthew 10, 26 says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be, will not be known. But what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than any sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. He knows, church, he knows everything about you. Everything that you would do, good and bad. Before you breathed your first breath, he sent his son to pay your debt. And not just that, but to elevate you to a place of royalty in the kingdom by adopting you. He didn't just set you free. He did not just save you and pay your debt, but he elevated you to a place of royalty a place of authority in the kingdom of heaven, the same kingdom uh, where the creator produced the world that we're living in, you are now an heir to that throne. The second you say yes to Jesus, as Lord and Savior of your life, you become a son, you become a daughter, you become a co-heir with Christ. And so oftentimes, unfortunately, we see Christians in this unhealthy fear of God. I grew, up, I grew up in this, that you're one mistake away from hell. That was kind of the church life I grew up in. You're one mistake away from eternal damnation because grace had to be earned. Mercy had to be earned through attendance, through the shirts tucked in, ties securely fastened, sitting there, keeping your hands to yourself, Listening, not falling asleep, that's how you made it to heaven. That's, that's what so many to this day still believe. That they have to earn their place because they are so afraid that if they step out of line once, here comes the fire and brimstone upon them. And I, I've heard this so many times and it breaks my heart when I have to have these conversations with people. But they'll, they'll, go, they'll experience loss and it's always, well, I'm, I must have unrepented sin. Or they get diagnosed with cancer and they're like, I must have done something and I just haven't dealt with that sin yet. I'm like, what God have you been shown? Because that's not who he is. That is not at all who he is. He does not deal out punishment because you've not pleased him. He's not, he is not that God. That is not who He is. That is not the God of our faith. And that is not the God that we believe in in this church. It's a fear that feels that they mess up again. Fire and brimstone are coming quickly. But again, that is not the love that has been given to us. 1 John 4, 18-19, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 
For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Besides the rest of Psalm 139, which we'll finish reading in just a moment, I think Romans 8 is one of the best examples of the favor that you have. We talked about this uh, uh, several weeks ago, but the favor that you have that you've never earned, you have because you, you, you are here on this earth. You have favor. The Lord is for you. The Lord is not against you. It doesn't matter what you do. He will, not, he will not withhold the goodness of God from you. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This states the degree of this love that is for you. There are so many reasons why this truth uh, and receiving this truth is so important. But the main reason for today, as, as I was sitting with the Lord and just asking, okay, what, what, what is the intent with this? Because of all the things that he could have brought to us today, this is what he wanted to bring. I don't know why he wanted to bring it. I know personally for me, I needed to know this um, I don't know what's going on in your story, but I know that what he desires in bringing this word today for this congregation is that it is meant to draw us deeper into him. Uh, so often we measure our relationship with God based on our knowledge of God. How many times have we done that? I used to do that all the time. I went to what's called Bible Blast as a kid, and it was just competition. It, like, I, can't, I couldn't imagine a worse thing for my son, Liam, than a competitive church-based program. Um, it would be rough, and we would have so many things that we would have to undo later in life because competition is what he lives and breathes for. But it was competition. Who could learn the most? Who could get the most prizes in the short amount of time? Who could do all these things? Who could achieve the most? And if you did this and you got your golden star and you got to go to the little treasure chest and the prize box and do all this fun stuff and go on the special trip at the end of the year because you memorized 100 verses and all that good stuff that we got to do as little kids. What it instilled in us is that the level and the degree of closeness I have to the Lord depends on how much I've memorized about Him. How much I can quote in a moment. And you know those people, right? You've experienced those people that they're the holy roller and they're like, come on, bring, bring on an argument. I know more scripture than you. Like that, 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 you're missing the point. That's not what it's meant to do. Just having information for information's sake is not how you measure your closeness to God. 
But so oftentimes we as Christians, we measure our relationship with God based on the knowledge we have of God. But having knowledge of Him doesn't lead you to deeper relationship with Him. Who were the most knowledgeable people in regards to Scripture when Jesus came? When the Messiah came, who knew the most about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? The Pharisees, the ones that captured Him, imprisoned Him, and killed Him. And did everything they could to stop His ministry for three years until they killed Him. Because knowledge is not the measure of relationship, right? Knowledge is not the measure of relationship. It, it, is, not a, 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 it is not a factor of depth of relationship. The Pharisees who had the Messiah before their very eyes and they missed him. So it's not just about information about something. But rather, what truth do you know? What truth have you experienced? I'm not talking about just know that you could recite it on a piece of paper, but what truth have you experienced from God that has drawn you deeper into Him? This is what this truth is meant to do. That you would know this and not just know this, but that you would experience this. And this is not hard to experience. Think about your life. Think about the good things you've done and the bad things you've done, the mistakes you've made. And just think about the fact that He has never left you nor forsaken you and that His Son came before you would breathe your first breath, before you would start the journey to making those mistakes, His Son came and He died, that you would have a way to be washed clean and be reunited and you would be reconciled with God. Before you did a single thing, you were fully known and you were fully loved. And if you never chose Him, if you never chose Him, If you didn't want anything to do with God, if you walked away, you would still be fully known and fully loved. It was still for you. It is still for you. It is is for everyone that has ever lived and ever breathed. It is for them. What truth have you experienced that has brought you into a place of abandonment that would lead you into further encounter? And this word that we have today This word that the Lord has brought, this word today is one of those truths. That you, that I, that we are fully known by God and fully loved by God, period. We need to, and this is my challenge for you this week, is that you would begin to reflect on that. What it is to be fully known and the fact that you are fully known and you are fully loved. Everything comes from this place. This is a reality that we all come into at the moment of salvation. We experience the presence of God and we experience what it is to be fully known in a moment and fully loved in that moment for the first time. It's it's one of the most profound and beautiful things about salvation. And now Psalm 139. Again. And if you truly will reflect on this truth, church, it will draw you deeper. And deeper is where we're going. Deeper is the desire of my heart for this house uh, this year. That we would be, when we look back, that we would be in a deeper place than we've ever been before as a congregation. That we've ever been in the 94 years of this, this church's existence. That we would be at a new depth in 2024. Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down... And when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. 
and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the, the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me by night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed from me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they would be more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. O that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malice intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there, is, if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I pray that that would be the reality of our hearts. That we would know this fully as this year kicks off, that we would know that we are fully and completely known by you. Fully known and fully loved. Lord, I thank you for bringing us to this truth. I thank you for what you want to do throughout the year with this truth. I pray that we would not be able to escape it. Our minds would not be able to escape what it is to be fully known and fully loved and that you had a choice in it all. Everything I would do against you, you knew and you still chose to love me and I thank you. Thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness that you pour out richly upon us each and every day. Lord, we are grateful for this year. We are so grateful We are so excited to see what you're going to do in 2024. Father God, but I pray that we would carry this message today, fully known and fully loved, and we would establish it in all those around us, that they would experience what it is to be fully known and fully loved as we have. That before the day begins, you choose us. You choose to pursue us. You choose to establish your goodness all around us. Father God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful. We love you. We praise you. And we lift your name on high. We just thank you for this year. We thank you for the days that we've not yet lived in it. But we know that they are full of blessing, full of mercy, full of your goodness. Father God, I pray that this would be a transformative year for this community. That sundown would not look the same. 
Father God, but it would look drastically different, saturated in the kingdom of heaven. But let it start with us in receiving the truths and experiencing the truth that will lead us into deeper places. Let it start with this, that we would receive and experience what it is to be fully known and fully loved, that we would be drawn deeper into you this year, deeper than any of us have ever gone. I can't wait to see what you do through this house in 2024. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And it is for your glory and your honor that we live and breathe and that we move in obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.